joining us with Our Geek, where everyone is a geek about something, and where we cover your pop culture landscape through our geek lens. I am Shannon, of course, and I am so excited to welcome back to my best friend in the whole wide world of podcast film fest Jayton Satia Jayton welcome back you were traveling and on a grand adventure how did that go uh it was great um did a two-week vacation to Mexico with the family came back for a week went to LA for the spirit awards came back already have my next trip to San Jose another family trip planned in a couple weeks and then we're going back I love it we're going back to LA in June so one of the things that I value is experiences with million right. trips over anything else. So mm-hmm. kind of doubling down on that right now. And I really, really enjoy just being around the family, but then also kind of getting that break that I need mentally so that when I do come back to work um, in those spurts, I can just go hard and not have to, you know, putz around. So right. Right. And well, you're in I'm Vegas. Ex- so I'm in Vegas. I am on vacation and this tells you how excited it was to speak to our guest geek. Um, this time is that uh, we booked it. And then I was like, oh, wait, I'm going to be in Vegas. You know what? I want to talk to this friend so badly that I'm willing to take my things with me and make sure that we have the opportunity to have him as a guest geek without me having to reschedule this guest. Because it took a minute. It took a minute. Like, Jayden, I don't know if you remember, we have been trying to get uh, this friend on for almost a year like it's been almost a year he's so busy he's so busy but he made some time for us today so we are very excited to have as our guest geek today mr mike marcott so mike welcome to our podcast we appreciate you greatly how's your day going over there are you still in the twin cities Miss Shannon and Jaden, thanks for having me. I am in the Twin Cities. I'm at yeah. home in Egan right now, and it, mm-hmm. it's cold. Uh, <laughs> it is cold. Yeah, it's colder it than cold. Vegas, I'm sure. Right. We're like uh, today. It's cold for Vegas, and you guys will both appreciate this since you're both in Minnesota. So the other night, my boyfriend and I uh, were gonna go walk down to have dinner at one of the other resorts, and <laughs> we sat outside, and it was maybe 43, like maybe. And like that's, and that's cold though. That's cold. It was, it's that's cold. cold. That it's is cold, cold so for it was, Vegas, especially. It was cold for Vegas. So it went down like 43, 45. And there was somebody out there with full on earmuffs. And we're both like, no. So today no. it's like about, it's not quite 60. And my boyfriend, just on general principle, just went down to the pool. Like <laughs> because you know, we're here, there's palm trees, it's not snowing. We're just gonna soak it in and pretend like it's it's still not winter in Minnesota. So thanks for hanging out with us, Mike. We appreciate it. So Mike, you of have a horse. Anything for you too. Aw, see, now we love that. So Mike, I don't <laughs> Jay, I don't think if I told you the last time I ran into Mike, we were guest judge judges um, in this fish fry face off. I had to say it very carefully, you notice, because it's complex. And so the face you just made, Jayton, is appropriate. So what it was is uh, they were last year, uh, one of our uh, favorite uh, local uh, establishes MSP Magazine was doing this. They were going around to all of these different restaurants in St. Paul and seeing who made the best, had the best fish fry. And so Mike and I got to be judges together. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we mostly agreed that day on the where we're at, Mike. So yeah. I remember like maybe you and I talking about maybe the hush puppies, were they good or were they bad? Or do you remember what you liked or didn't like that day or was that too long ago? Oh, this was a year ago. You're quizzing me now. Um, (laughs) They were they were good. I, I like hush puppies. I'm pro hush puppies. Gosh, that fish was fine. The fish was fine. 
What would there was something we didn't like though? I think it was the slaw. It was might like have the been the slaw. Was it? Oh no, was it wasn't sauce? slaw. It was pa- It was the potato salad. That's that the might potato have been salad. It. Yeah, the potato salad yeah. was like weird, like too pureed. Like I'm like the yeah. There was the like some sort salad. of like uh like a curry or something in it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did right. something funky to it. But yeah, yeah it was fun. We got free yeah. lunch out of it. I can't complain <laughs> right. about that. What place won the uh, best fish fry? Do you guys remember? I don't remember. Do you remember, Mike? I, I have no idea. Remember either. We'll have no, to Google doing it again this year. Right. So it's yeah. actually a really good service because they there's so many places around the cities that do fish fries, especially during Lent. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, MSP, they're doing it again this year. Um, they changed the format just a bit, but uh, yeah, MST Meg they do a great public service to round up all these places serving fish at restaurants around town. Right, so, you know, and you know, and our buddy was hosting the whole thing, and 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 just to rub it in Jayton's face, so I did have Laserbeak, who was actually one of the producers of that, and I think he's producing it again this year. And so for everyone out listening, got had the opportunity to listen to me talk to Laserbeak, who is also the CEO um, of, uh, our, our very beloved Doomtree Records, the indie record Lego coming out of Minneapolis. And so talking to Laserbeak, who I've known all basically for the last 15, close to 17 years and to watch the way that record label has continued to evolve. So everybody, if you want to pop back in and hear just a really interesting conversation that doesn't have Jayton Satia, cause he was traveling. Um, you can go ahead and pop into that episode, but my, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I also think is great is that you definitely have continued to evolve your career and everything that you've done and so congratulations now because you have an even more fancy evolved title and what you do over at kstp is that correct that is correct yeah they keep giving me uh title changes over there at channel Mm -hmm. five uh Mm -hmm. so in november my title changed to executive producer of local programming Mm -hmm. so i oversee uh shows that are not our news programs at um, Channel 5, um, the ABC affiliate here in the Twin Cities. Um, So I oversee Minnesota Live, which is our nine o'clock show. um, And that is um, uh, anchored by Megan Newquist and Chris Eggert. uh, And that launched in September, 2021. So it's been on the air for a little more than 18 months now. Um, And then I oversee Twin Cities Live, uh, which is uh, hosted by Elizabeth Reese and Ben Lieber. And that show will be celebrating 15 years on the air coming up in April. Congratulations. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and so you have, a lot of uh, a, a lot story. of Minnesotans remember Good Company. Obviously, that was on the air in the 80s and 90s here in Minnesota. Uh, Good Company was on the air for 12. And so yes. for Tuesdays Live to celebrate 15 years on the air, that's uh, really incredible. And we're really uh, excited. And Elizabeth's been there the whole time, right? Um, almost, yeah. Almost Elizabeth, uh, she joined about a year into the show. Uh, so okay. she, yeah, she she's been there a really long time. Well, we're really proud of you and that's super awesome. And then you have like one of those great stories about like when people say that you just did your due diligence and like have like just taken every position and just really rised up through the ranks since you were in college. Like I just enjoy listening to you talk about your journey and how you ended up where you are now. So it's definitely well-deserved. Was this something that you were like, hey, I really love TV. I want to be involved in this eventually as my full-time career or was it kind of by, I bumbled into this? What do you think? What's your, your, your well, story? You I was, you know, with the, the geek form of your podcast, I mm-hmm. geeked out about TV news as a kid. Yeah. So I was a super geek, like of when it came to like local news. Yes. Uh, and so to kind of rewind and kind of give you my backstory, 
Uh, I was obsessed with the state fair, like completely obsessed with the state fair as a kid. I uh, went to the fair every year since I was four. Uh, and every, every time I would drive by the state fair, you know, or my mom would drive by the fairgrounds and I was in the back seat, I would kind of go fair and I would just like, <laughs> like just love the fair and we'd go multiple times every year uh, before school started in the fall. And uh, so I got to high school and I got to, you know, just go by myself or go with my friends and did the fair thing. And then I got to college and I went to Gustavus Adolphus in St. Peter and Gustavus would start after Labor Day. So I had, you know, that nice chunk of time before um, uh, uh, school started um, that the fair was going on. So I didn't have to be, you know, um, on campus until after Labor Day. Right. Um, so there was an opportunity for me to work the fair. Uh, and so I heard through a grapevine, I had a friend whose mom uh, worked at Channel 5. She still works at the station. She works in our legal department. Um, and she um, was like, she knew I was obsessed with the state fair. <laughs> and she knew I was obsessed with local TV news. And I was obsessed with just like, just watch, I watched local TV news all the time which is right. just weird. I was a weird kid. <laughs> so she was like, Hey, Mike, they're looking to hire people to work at the channel five booth at the state fair. And channel five doesn't hire people like the state fair hires people just mm-hmm. as like a mass cattle call channel five just hires its own set of people. Right. So she said, why don't you apply? And maybe they'll, you know, bring you on and whatever. So I apply and this is like my sophomore year of college. So I was 19. So right. I apply and I get a phone call and I go into the TV station and they're like, okay, you know, looking me over and they're like, okay, uh, the hiring manager, she's brand new to the TV station. She's just looking to hire some bodies to just keep the building lights on and just make sure that everything goes all right. She happens right. to be a Gustavus Adolphus alumna. So she's <laughs> okay. like, you're a Gusty. I'm a Gusty. You're hired. Come on in. So that was the year 2005 and I sat at the state fair booth at channel five and I was like this is the best thing ever I'm at the state fair I'm getting paid to work at the state fair and I'm at the channel five booth and it's like this is great so I got I worked like 150 hours there that year I sat at the state fair booth all day and I was loving it and and Mm -hmm. I went down to Gustavus and that was that so then the next summer I worked again at the fair for channel five and then they're like you know what you're just sitting here. Why don't you just try to get people to come into the building to watch the news? You know, Dave Dahl's here. Cindy Bricado's here. It's 2006. You know, grab a microphone, tell them to come watch the news. They're broadcasting right around the corner. So then they gave me a microphone and I would start talking to people, try to get them to come watch the news, you know? So right. I did that every year. Um, and I did that through graduation of college. I graduated school in 2008. And then Twin Cities Live launched that year in 2008 is when Twin mm-hmm. Cities Live launched. So the Twin Cities Live staff, I wasn't a part of that team, but I uh, was entertaining crowds as they frantically tried to put a show together because they right. were brand new. Twin Cities Live had launched just about five months earlier. So they were frantically trying to figure out like how to put a show together. And right. so I would just entertain the crowd that would show up to watch Twin Cities Live. And I would just hop on the microphone because I knew what to do. And then I, in turn, started to get to know the Twin Cities live staff. Um, so by the time that I graduate college and by the time that 
um, uh, everything kind of transpired. Um, fast forward a couple of years, 2011 rolls around, they had a job opening for a, an assistant producer. And mm -hmm. I had zero experience being a TV producer. I went to Gustavus, I graduated with a degree in elementary education. So I had oh, a key wow. license in the state of Minnesota. I had no idea how to be a TV producer per se. I wasn't classically trained in it. Um, and so I um, applied for the job. Um, I was an internal employee at KSTP, so I'm guaranteed an interview. So I go in there and I was like, okay, well, I have no like TV producer experience, but everyone at the station knew who I was because I'd worked at the fair every year for the last six years. And they're like, it doesn't matter that you don't know how to be a producer because we'd rather have us train you on how to be a producer versus you thinking you know how to do the job because we'll right. teach you the way. Mm -hmm. So I applied for the job, obviously ended up getting the job as an assistant producer. And then ended up working my way up the ranks from assistant producer to producer to senior producer mm -hmm. um, and was with the show for nine years um, at Twin Cities Live. Um, and then got me, that got me to about the beginning of COVID 2020. Right. Um, and yeah, took a sabbatical at the beginning of COVID with Twin Cities Live. Mm -hmm. um, and then they, you know, fast forward, we can come back to some of the stuff, but fast forward, I took a sabbatical at the beginning of covid from Twin Cities Live, and then they brought mm -hmm. me back a year and a oh. half later. So, and yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I basically just worked my way up the ranks. And I'm sorry, Jane, can you say your question again? No, I'm just saying that's being where the station for a while. That's, you know, most, again, Shannon's done TV and radio, mm -hmm. and most, you know, you stick around for a couple of years and you hop over to another station or you get recruited. So, what about the the vibe there that you still appreciate that you keep going back? It's a good question. I really appreciate how the station fosters development. Like they really truly do. Um, you know, if you want to learn how to do, you know, take the next steps and learn how to do your your boss's job, they'll teach you how to do your boss's job. If you have the drive and you have the the will and you have the 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 chutzpah on how to do someone else's job, they'll teach you how to do it. Um, and the other thing that I really love about hub broadcasting is that it's all family owned. Like the whole, mm -hmm. you know, we see the owners of the building in the building, they come downstairs for lunch. And, you know, if you have questions about, um, you know, why a process is the way it is, you can go ask the owner. He's sitting right there. He's in the cafeteria grabbing salad out of the salad bar. So it's <laughs> right. really so nice very, how that works. Yeah, there. it seems very accessible, very inviting, mm -hmm. very um, moving the organization forward from inside. Yeah, yeah, still having that again, you got brought in from the outside. Um, yet that's still open door of like, we always just want really good people um, to yeah. work at the station. And again, it's, yeah. it's beyond just channel five, right? I mean, it's owned by a conglomerate and you have other avenues for platforms um, as well. So that's awesome. I didn't know that you were there. So yeah. I've known you for a while. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you were there for that long. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I started just part-time, you know, 2005. So it's quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think is really interesting about the way you built your career, Mike, is back to what we were talking about it things that you're passionate about, things that you geek out about, is that even though you're like, I don't know how to make this a career, you're like, I'm really geeking out about it. So you found a way to hang around that content. 
And a lot of the segments that you used to produce and things that, you know, before you were in the job you had now were really based around things that you just liked talking about, it seemed like. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really hone in, you're 100% right, Miss Shannon. I mm -hmm. really hone in on just conversations that I have with, I guess I just really relate with the Twin Cities that viewer. Like mm -hmm. I just, you know, it's just everyday conversations that it just really spark like what we do on the show. Um, so it, it's really just simple for me to just produce this content. It's, it, right. it's not like, it's not, what we do is not rocket science over at Twin Cities Live and Minnesota Live. Like it's, it's just really fun content because uh, it's, it's useful information. It's, it's also really fun information mm -hmm. for us to just produce. So right. it's, it's basically like I go to my family's, you know, New Year's gathering, you know, like New Year's day, I go see my mom's side of the family and we talk about like, Hey, what's the best, you know, uh, restaurant for chicken wings. Oh, and we have a conversation because someone went to a really great spot in Wood Maplewood. Oh my gosh! Well, that's a segment right there, you know. Right. Or hey, where did you know? I'm looking for a really good mother-in-law's dress for my, you know, my kid's wedding. You know. Mm -hmm. Oh well, that's a segment right there. So it's just like everyday conversations turn into television, and that's all that it is. And that's right. What makes my job so fun because it's just taking conversations that we have like a zoom call like this, or, you know, a podcast like this is just turning that into TV and right. it makes it, it's a kind of a bit of a challenge, but it's also really a fun challenge at that. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm glad you're having fun. And that's one of the things that I love talking to people like you, where you going, no, I've managed to turn my, you know, my, you know, what, what for a lot of people would have been like their side hustle. And, and it started that way for you, but to stay with it, you know, what was the the key, do you think, for being able to continue to move up the ranks and eventually get to the position that you're in? Good question. I I think I owe it to like me being so organized mm -hmm. and being so um, passionate. I I've been extremely passionate about what I do, uh, and. <sighs> I also, I think I just have a good, I, I, I believe I have a good work, work ethic. Like I mm -hmm. just follow through with what I intend on doing, like with my jobs and like right. what I you know, intend on doing. Like if I'm mm -hmm. going to do it, I'm going to commit to it. Um, and so uh, I can relate to who I work with and, you know, the, 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 like the Twin Cities Live viewer or, you know, with any of my other jobs, it's just, I can relate to the people I'm communicating to. Mm -hmm. um, I think that really makes it a lot easier for me to do my job and it makes me a good employee. Um, right. But also I think just be, like I said, just being really organized and being on top of it and just making sure my job gets done. Um, I think that really has been a really saving grace for me because I'm juggling a lot of different balls too in the mm -hmm. air and, a lot of things just kind of, you know, happen to um, fall into place in diff at different times. And you just have to be able to catch balls at different times. 
And speaking of all of the juggling that you do, like, uh, yeah, yes, you are the senior producer. You've helped produce these shows for a year, but you're also talent. And so people, everybody knows you. you uh, they've seen you on TV with your boy, t- your, your fantastic bow ties and everything else. What's it like balancing back and forth from the, like, I, I think it's akin to when Jade and I talk to a filmmaker who's the director, but also the star of the film and, and trying to make that transition from, you know, even if they're not the star, but they're one of the actors as well. And being able to put on those multiple hats while you're also trying to make sure that everything behind the scenes uh, is going well. What's that like in your experience when you're doing that? <laughs> it can be fun. It can be a lot of uh, different emotions at one time. <laughs> uh, you okay. know, we just did a we <laughs> we just did a live show at Mystic Lake for Twin Cities Live a couple of weeks ago. And yes. we had 1,600 people in the Mystic Showroom. It was incredible. And we had, you know, tens of thousands of people watching from home. And I was, um, you know, as an executive producer, I was in charge of making sure that the broadcast looked really good. But yes. I was also in charge of making sure that the audience was entertained at the same time in the showroom. Gotcha. And so I was talking in commercial breaks to the audience and, you know, making sure that they knew what was going on and trying to give some announcements out and making sure that they knew that the meet and greet was happening across the hallway. And also that my producers that were setting up for the next segment had all the props that they needed and that they knew what was um, going on with the guests and that they had the right people to play games and they had the right, you know, people in the right spots and the balloons were in the right settings and whatnot. So I was kind of split up, you know, it was like part of me was over here with the audience and part of me was over there with, um, my producers. So it, it, you do have to change your hats very quickly. Um, right. and sometimes it's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so it's, yeah, it's a challenge. It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely a challenge sometimes, but right. it's a good challenge. It, it makes mm-hmm. me, um, it makes me work on delegation. It's okay. a really, it's something that I'm working on professionally is like, how do I trust my staff and be like, okay, my producers are going to be over there. They're going to be fine. They, they got this. They're working professionals. They're great. They, I, right. hire, you know, I hired them. I've trained them well. They're going to be just fine. Or, hey, the audience is entertaining themselves. They can talk amongst mm-hmm. themselves for 30 seconds while I go figure this out. You know, I don't have to be, you know, a monkey dance, you know, kind of <laughs> right? um, yeah. for, for, you know, two and a half hours. You know, right. so it's a balance and it's it's a gentle balance, um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it's been for me in the last, you know, even year, uh, it's been a really delicate cycle for me. Right. Um, when people don't realize how hard that is to separate the things that you love, which is interaction with management, right? So that's something that I'm currently working on myself with the festival is I've been doing this for 14 years. And I trust my staff implicitly, but I tend to, I'm not a micromanager. I don't like being micromanaged, um, but I'm trying Mm -hmm. to work on the business a little bit more. So I'm trying to Mm -hmm. actively, not necessarily not show up at events, but like know that everything, I don't have to be there two hours early. I can be there Mm -hmm. 30 minutes early just to see if there's any last minute things. But like you said, it's that equal balance on being in front of the crowd your stakeholders and then also support your staff right so look at the mm-hmm. whole picture and see if this was worth it right yeah so mike. Have, do you want to do it again or mm-hmm. not right. um mm-hmm. yeah so like for think- real mike we're trying to teach him that i'm like just show up and just say hello to everybody and it's like hard. i'm like just just put on your blazer 
show up and be like, hey, <laughs> here's the guy that runs all the stuff. We, we mm -hmm. did the rest. You don't got to come right. hang yeah. the banners. It's Ooh. really tough. <laughs> well, it's really taxing. You know, it's yeah. super tiring for you. And, and mm -hmm. for us on, you know, for our shows, we do it five days a week. You know, mm -hmm. so like for us, like we, you know, we have this really huge production where we have, you know, 1600 people in at Mystic Lake and we're broadcasting mm -hmm. to tens of thousands. Well, guess what? We have a, a brand new show the next day. And to boot, we have two new shows because we have a show right. at 9 a.m. and a show at 3 p.m. So we have two new shows the next day. It's not like we just get a, a week off afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's like, OK, well, steady wins the race, you know what can what what's an emergency what's uh what's you know what what hill are we gonna die on you know right. so when it, I, i'm like okay yes this was a mistake you know yes this is a problem but am i you know what what level is you know i i am always striving for perfection obviously you know mm -hmm. i always want shows to look clean and you know crisp when it goes on air it's you know going out to a lot of people but you know do I need to lower, you know, my expectations? What, where do I need to meet my, you know, sh staff and where do I need to let things go to, in order to just be like, okay, this still right. looks good. You know, mm -hmm. I notice things because I've been doing this for 15, you know, years, <laughs> you know, right. would someone just watching the show notice, you know, a, a something wasn't formatted in the way mm -hmm. that I like it formatted. No, mm -hmm. obviously they won't. Because um, they're watching it from a different perspective. And Mike, you've done some really big promotions, uh, like the uh, weddings in Mexico, get these giant giveaways. How do you balance out when you need a really like a, a a tent pole event like that versus what you're saying about I do a show every day, five days a week, and here's the general content and what our expectation is versus when we do a giant thing like that. How does that work for you when you're balancing those out? Well, fortunately, I have a really good team of um, a, a, with other departments, too. So they help they help me and they help create a vision. So I can be a little bit more in the clouds when it comes mm -hmm. to looking out of like if let's say we do have a get a really big giveaway. We just had a whole um a bunch of giveaways that we uh gave we surprised viewers with trips to florida so it's not just me that executes the whole contest obviously we have right. a reporter that goes down to florida we have our sales department that gets involved we have our marketing team that gets involved we have our creative services department that gets involved so it's there's multiple aspects of how this trip is executed so it doesn't just fall onto me um but uh, it does take like weeks of planning. So mm -hmm. we're already working on another promotion with the Florida folks and we're working on giving away another trip and it's, you know, it's weeks of figuring things out. So the more that I, as you know, I'm kind of like, I try to keep myself a little bit further up in the clouds versus down in the weeds. So mm -hmm. instead of me, you know, down in the weeds is like my, my producers are boots on the ground, producing segments, making sure that um, you know, guests are booked, that props are on the table, that the scallops are cooked and there's a presentation to show on TV. Right. I'm a little bit more up in the clouds when it comes to, okay, we're doing a, what's the summer theme? Are we going to give away a trip to Hawaii? Are we going to give away, you know, a brand new car? Like what is, what's going to be the, 
the big thing that everyone's going to be talking about and then how do we execute that and what other aspects of the building who else in the building needs to be a key player into um, giving that away so right. uh, it is a truly a team effort right well jayton i'm not sure if you saw this in mike's bio so mike you are the first uh senior slash executive producer that we've had on in a while but in addition to being the first of that you are also the first official adjudicator with the Guinness World Records team that has ever been on our podcast. <laughs> how did you get into that? And that, ah, that's I mean, a great story. Does, I'm like, I've seen on TV, I know that that exists, but when I met you and you're like, and by the way, I do this too, that you notice I stopped my face and went, wait, what, what, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> I, thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Guinness beer. No, oh, no, no. Yeah, no. Like no, he's official. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an official a Guinness World Records adjudicator. So mm -hmm. uh, let's see, I've been doing this for almost six years now. Oh my gosh. Um, so crazy. I started um, in 2017. So I emcee a lot of events because of what I do for um, KSDP. So yes. um, it was March 2017. I was at Mall of America. I was emceeing a, a walk. It And then at the walk, it was just a walk around the mall, right? In the mm -hmm. rotunda, they met and they had like a program and I was emceeing the program. And then at the program um, and for the walk, they were doing a Guinness World Records attempt for the largest epilepsy seizure first aid lesson. Wow, so, okay. Uh, they had a program there and then they had flown in an adjudicator from Guinness World Records. She was based out of Philadelphia. And I started talking to her just off the side. And I was like, oh my gosh, your job's so cool. How did you get this job? And, and she's like, well, um, I just do this on the weekends. She's an attorney. She just does this whenever she has time and her schedule. And I was like, well, I have a job during the week. I would love to just do this on the weekends too. How do I get this job? She's like, we're never hiring people. So uh, you should just tell them that you're available to do this job because they are never just searching for people and mm -hmm. they don't post it on like, you know, jobs.com or anything like that. <laughs> right. So yeah. she said, why don't you go on the Guinness Records website and just fill out the contact us form at the, you know, bottom of the page just and, you know maybe they'll get a hold of you okay so I had my laptop at the mall of America that day and so literally I sat in the mall on a bench <laughs> and I filled out the contact us form and it said at the bottom if we don't if you don't hear back from us in 30 days consider this null and void we get so many contacts and so many messages mm -hmm. I said okay so I filled out the form. I sent it in. A month goes by. I don't hear anything. And I'm like, okay, whatever. This was just a really fun idea. Yeah. So then fast forward another month. So it's like May. And I get a, an email from Guinness World Records in New York. We have an office in New York City. And it was the PR, uh, or I'm sorry, the HR team. The HR mm -hmm. coordinator calls or emails me. And she's like, can we, I talked to you on the phone. I was like, oh, sure, absolutely. And I don't tell them KSDP anything. I was like, this right. is kind of far-fetched, probably not gonna happen. She wants to talk to me on the phone, whatever. So she hops on me, hops on the phone with me, talks to me for like a half hour. She's like, who are you? What, where do you live? What's going on here? Blah, blah, blah. And half hour goes by and she says goodbye. She has no like, hey, we're gonna hire people <laughs> were looking to hire three people one person <laughs> nothing. 
supposed to say anything. There's no call to action. There's no follow-up. <laughs> there's nothing. Click, bye. I'm like, okay, well, that's it. I'm like, okay, I'm done. So yeah. a couple of weeks go by and then she emails me again. She's like, can we talk on Zoom? I'm like, sure. Same idea, hop on the Zoom. She talks to me for 30 minutes. And at the end of the call, she doesn't say anything like, hey, we're looking to hire anyone. It's just like, hey, we're done. Bye. So then, wow. I, yep. So then, this I, is like I, the Guinness Book of World Records longest courting. They, they want, <laughs> they want like, was, it, own their it own, took own record. It took, oh, my Jane, it took months. So then, we're, wow. I'm in Spain and I'm on a trip, I'm overseas. I get a phone call and it's Guinness World Records. And they say, how quickly can you be in New York City? I was like, well, this escalated very fast because I didn't think you were hiring anyone. And they're like, oh, well, we are now. So I was like, oh, okay, great. So this uh, this went from zero to 60 very fast. So I was like, I'm in Spain. And they're like, oh, okay. So when do you come back to the United States? And I was like, <laughs> July 1st. And they're like, okay, well, can you be in uh, New York City on July 5th? And I said, I guess so. So then they um brought me out to new york and then uh they sat me they at the time uh the guinness office was in um central or i'm sorry times square so times square. Mm -hmm. uh i'm in times square um in the guinness world records office and christina the adjudicator i had met at mall of america she had um told me that all of the prior all the other adjudicators that were on the team all lived in New York, DC, and Philadelphia. No one okay. had, was living east or west, excuse me, west of Philly. Mm -hmm. um, so what mm -hmm. they were doing were flying all of the East Coast-based adjudicators out to California, Texas, mm. Chicago, everywhere. It was costing the company a lot of money because they would have to fly across the country. So I'm in the interview and it's me, and then across from the, me is my boss and my boss's boss. And then behind them is a map of the United States. So we're in the interview and they're asking me the same questions I've already been asked a couple of times. And they're like, oh, Minneapolis, we like that airport. And I said, oh yeah, it's a great airport. I love MSP. And uh, they're like, oh yeah, we haven't spent much time in Minneapolis, but it's just a really great airport. And I'm like, yeah, it's really <laughs> easy to get up in Minneapolis. And then I started listing off flight times. I said, oh yeah, for me to get to here to New York, it's like two, two and a half hours. And then mm -hmm. for me to get to St. Louis, it's an hour and 15, hour 30. And then for me to get from Minneapolis to Dallas, it's like two and a half, and a half hours. Yeah. And their mouths drop, drop. Like they're like, I'm just rattling off flight times. And they're like speechless. I was like, please turn around and look at the map of the United States behind you. And please look at how central Minnesota is and yes. look at where Minnesota is located. And they're like, oh yeah, I suppose. <laughs> it's in the middle of the country. And I was like, I can fly anywhere and it's a hub for Delta. Yeah. And I can get on any plane and go anywhere pretty much direct at any time. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, you're right, you're hired. So they That's hired wild. That's, yeah, that's wild. Only if they don't look <laughs> at the map of the United States. They, needed a, they just needed a map. The map got me the job. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. So, 
Yeah, so I've been adjudicating for about six years now. So all adjudicators train in London. So we fly Mm -hmm. out to London. We spend about 10 days out in London and we um, all train in the world headquarters for Guinness World Records. And it's a pretty intensive training. We do um, media training, crisis training, presentation training. um, Mm -hmm. And we do a bunch of different types of uh, training to get us officially um, official as adjudicators. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So, so well, we can imagine. People, not a lot of people have your job in the world. No, there's 66 of us in the world. That's nuts. That See? is crazy. Wild. But and but you look at how serious it must be because everything that you do, it's this is the most official of all things. Like there are so many people that are just striving for these as a goal it has to be like really intense where they're like, no, your job is a fun job, but it's a big deal. <laughs> it's a big it deal. Is, yeah, well, mm-hmm. absolutely. Well, people yeah. pour a lot of uh, attention, a lot of love, a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of, uh, a lot of money, a lot yeah. of, a lot of passion into attempting a Guinness World Records title. So mm-hmm. for me to come out and for me to witness it and for me to tell them yes or no, that's there's a lot of emotion and right. i would say probably 90 percent of the time i see tears whether they're tears of joy or tears of sadness okay. i usually see some sort of tears when i go out to an attempt um from the organizer someone cries um yeah. but you know i get used to it but mm-hmm. i'm usually consoling someone from for some sort of reason uh yeah. but uh it's a it, there's a lot of passion that goes into these because they use sometimes they're planned out for years you know imagine, these people yeah, I can imagine. practice 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 physical endurance ones people practice mm-hmm. those for years or group you know big big uh math we call them mass participation so groups mm-hmm. of people doing something those take a lot of planning right so do you have individuals who so is it 50 percent 70 percent 90 percent of the individuals groups record hoping to be record holders succeed when then official does that make sense like when you're there yeah yeah my my i don't have an official number on yeah. my like mm-hmm. succeed rate i would say probably for the ones that i um adjudicate i would say probably about 60 percent of them succeed um, mm-hmm. So even when you're guaranteed an adjudicator, not, it doesn't mean you are guaranteed a right. successful attempt. Right. That's so crazy. regarding guaranteed an adjudicator, as far as the process goes, are there people who pre-vet it before they send out an adjudicator? Like how much, uh, as far as the process goes, how far along do you need to know that the group is uh, in being able to even do a successful or, or potentially successful attempt before they'll send out an official adjudicator? Yeah, that's a great question. So there's different levels of attempts that you, you can do. So mm-hmm. uh, it's all on guinnessworldrecords.com. So yes. you can anyone can apply for a Guinness World Records attempt. So it's super easy. So if, if it's uh, an attempt that is already on our website, that is already an uh, established attempt, Let's say you two wanted to attempt the longest running podcast, like a podcast marathon. So if you wanted yes. to have, a, it probably already exists. Answer so it's like no. you have Answer the long, no. like live Answer longest no. live brought podcast, basically. <laughs> yeah. So you gotcha. it'd be like 60 hours, I think it is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you could go on and apply for it. 
And you don't necessarily need an adjudicator at that. You okay. can have one. People mm -hmm. invite adjudicators to their attempt because adjudicators can verify your record right then and there. So you can um, get like instant gratification that um, we have um, uh, an official Guinness World Records title. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to just apply for a record, it, if it already exists on our website, it's free. So okay. um, then we review your evidence and it does take a little bit of time because we get so many requests. Um, and then you would officially, you would get an official result, you know, a few weeks later. That's, right. there's a difference there. Have you done so one in Minnesota? Hire adjudicators because they want that instant gratification. Okay. Have you done one here in our state? I have. Um, I've done a few in Minnesota. Um, I've done the longest ice hockey pass uh, that was on Lake of the Isles. I've mm -hmm. done the largest, um, I, uh, ooh, ooh, you're going to quiz me here. Um, I've done the largest, um, I need to pull up the official, if I get these wrong, I get. No, 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 you don't have to, because here's. Oh, the no, that's fine. No, 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 it's, mm -hmm. uh, I'll pull them. Yeah. I want to pull them up because I want to make okay. sure they get their, um, I want to make sure they get their due um, diligence. Oh, okay. The largest sure. fry bread was in Cass Lake, Minnesota. That okay. was awesome. It was 150 pounds. Um, that was really, really cool. That was up in um, um, August 2019, up in Northern nice. Minnesota. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, I think that might be it. Okay. I might have seen a couple others in Minnesota, cool. but uh, yeah. yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple that I've done in Minnesota. I usually don't do many in Minnesota because uh, of what I do with Channel Five. So that makes sense. It's a slight conflict of interest, you mean? Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I usually yeah. fly to Texas and California. Those mm -hmm. are my two most traveled states. I go to California well, later. Oh, congratulations. That is so awesome. Yeah, and I know. I get just, some warmth. Yeah, we are just, it's just so cool that you've been able to take things that you just really loved and that you get to do them as your career. We always encourage people to do that. I mean, Jade and I are both in that same boat where people are like, wow, that's your job. And we're like, yeah, we're kind of lucky. So we know that. So we know that it's still a lot of work and that you take it very seriously and you earned every moment of it, but we are so honored that you get to do it. So uh, when people are looking for you, you know they can go to your website, givemethemike.com, which I think is perfect. I love it. And they can also find you on the socials, Mike dash, Mike underscore Marcotte or at give me the mic on Instagram. You can do that as well. You can find our information. If you want to hear more about BR Geek, you can find us on all the shows. So just look for BR Geek Show, MN, every place. And then also we encourage you to like and subscribe wherever you find your favorite podcast. Jake, and I also want to remind people that they can go to our website, TwinCitiesFilmFest.org. We have some great content coming up, including our 2023 Twin Cities Actor Expo, which is coming up on August 29th. If you or anybody that you care about has looked into the acting industry and want to be able to kind of have a one-day intensive, this is a great opportunity for everybody to do that. So Mike, is there anything else out there super amazing going on right now other than your upcoming trip to California that you want to let any of our listeners know about? You know, you plug my socials, so thank you so mm -hmm. much for doing that. I post a lot yeah. of stuff on those. So, uh, you know, just... Uh, follow me on social. I post a lot mm -hmm. of fun things and lots of giveaways on Twin Cities yeah. Live coming up. And we have a lot of trips coming up too. Uh, we're going to Hawaii next February. So if anyone wants a good winter escape, um, mm -hmm. I'm going with Elizabeth uh, Reese and Ben Lieber to Hawaii. So we'd love for love people it. to join us. We're doing signups right now. So uh, TwinCitiesLive.com for that. 
And uh, make sure you tune in to Minnesota Live at 9 and Twin Cities Live at 3 on Channel 5. I want to come work for you, Mike. Whatever job you have. We'd love to have you. <laughs> and Mike, we can't wait. We're so glad that this timing worked out. We can't wait to have you on the show again. So please make sure you keep in touch. And I'll see you in the hallways over in the KSTP building. Sounds good. So everybody else out there, thank you so much for listening. Remember, we think you're great because everyone is a geek about something. Oh.